Hello and welcome to the Final Draft Podcast. My name's Andrew Popel. Today, I'm joined on the show by Vicky Wakefield. Here on the Final Draft Podcast, we love to explore books, writing and literary culture. We come from a show called Final Draft to broadcast from the studios of 2SER in Sydney. And at Final Draft, we are dedicated to exploring Australian writing, whether it be debut authors or the classics, the authors of the books that you've known and loved for years. In each of these conversations, we want to look at the issues that are driving the author's storytelling. It's a way to help you discover more from these books that you love, because these are the stories that make us who we are. And to us, you broadcast from the lands of the Gadigal people. I record on the lands of the Darug and Gunungurra people. And as I begin, I want to acknowledge the traditional owners of those lands, pay my respects to their ongoing connection to their lands, acknowledging that this is unceded land and that treaty has never been made with Australia's first people. Now, today, as I mentioned, I am joined by Vicky Wakefield. Vicky is a children's book council award-winning author of uh, This Is How We Change the Ending. I love that book. I wish I could have been bringing you uh, a conversation with Vicky years ago about that book is amazing. No less so than her new novel. It is called After You Were Gone. It is Vicky's first uh, novel aimed at adult readers, and it is a gripping thriller that deals with, I think, I think what most people would agree is one of the most horrific things that any person can face. Get ready to be gripped, get ready to be thrilled, and join me as we discover Vicky Wakefield's After You Were Gone. Hello, Vicky. I think it's disconnected us. Thanks for taking the time. No problem. Thank you for having me. I'm glad I'm glad we finally got a chance to chat. Felt like a yeah. felt like the stars were never going to align. <laughs> It's been like that, and I've actually been sick this week too, and I had that horrible thought that, oh, no, I'll have to cancel again. (laughs) But um, we'll muddle through it. Really cannot wait to speak about after you were gone. Um, I I actually, I want to start by saying how much I loved This Is How We Changed the Ending and a very belated congratulations on all the accolades that received. I was sorry I didn't get a chance to talk to you when that came out, but I'm so glad to be talking to you now. Oh, thank you. No, I'm I'm really proud of that book. It's uh, it was a difficult book to write, but it's done really well for itself, and um, yeah, I'm quite proud of it. So, thank you. We are pre-recording, so again, if um if anything comes up, we have the luxury of hitting pause. I will um I will throw in with an intro and a, a bit of a bio, and then I'm going to uh, jump into some questions. Sure. All right, here we go. I'm welcoming to the show Vicky Wakefield. Vicky is a celebrated author of young adult fiction. Her novel, This Is How We Change the Ending, was a book of the year in the 2022 Children's Book Council Awards. Today, she is joining me with her new novel. It is called After You Were Gone. Uh, I could not be more excited. This is such a thrilling novel, and it is thrilling to be having you here, Vicky. Thanks so much. Thanks for having me, Andrew. I... I want to I want to set a little bit of this up. This is not a hard book to set up because the tension just hits immediately. Abby isn't a bad mum. Like so many parents, she's exhausted, she's overworked, she's trying her best when one day someone takes advantage and steals her daughter Sarah from a busy street market. 6 years later and Abby has another life. She can never move on from that tragic day, but she is trying. That is until a phone call offers the tantalizing hope knowledge of Sarah. All Abby has to do is blow up her life. Like I said, I probably didn't even need that many words to set this up. You've you've given us this incredible tension from the get-go. 
Before we get to that tension, Vicky, I want to ask, wait, so after you were gone, it's being described as your first novel for adults. But I think it's safe to say that um, who reads what and at what age they read it, it's a fairly fluid concept. What I'm curious about, though, is whether anything changed for you in the process. You're, you're very well established, very well known for your young adult writing. Does writing an ostensibly older set of characters shift the way you work? Um, that's really interesting and it's something I'm still grappling with a little bit with my process, but I don't think that my style has changed at all. I haven't had to change the way that I write. I haven't had to change my, um, my habits, my quirks, whatever it is that makes my voice mine. All I had to do was shift perspective, which is something that I do with each book anyway. Um, whose eyes am I looking through? Whose experience am I relating? So, in, some, in one sense, it was very familiar territory for me because it's, it was, I didn't really have to change the, who I am or the way that I write. But I did have to acknowledge the conventions of writing crime novels um, for a crime readership and also shift to an adult perspective, which in some ways closed some doors but opened others. Um, by closing some doors, I guess... Young adult, if I, if I write a young adult book, I'm in a big paddock. Like I could, I've written different kinds of books each time I've written them with a similar sort of themes, I guess, underlying. But, but when you move into crime fiction, you know, there are very specific conventions, uh, what, what readers expect and what I expect as a writer should happen to my characters. So um, in some ways it was freeing and others limiting and that was probably the biggest adjustment I had to make. I mean, it, it jumped out at me as I was reading that we do get a lot of Abby as a sort of a, in her late teens and moving into her, her 20s. So we, we have that kind of familiar ground where we do have young adult characters or a young adult perspective. I wonder, do you, do you have any thoughts on maybe even that artificial shift that supposedly happens to us, uh, you know, once upon a time in our past, it was a while ago for me, where somehow we are young adults and then we become adults and, and maybe it's society's expectations that, um, that tell us we're supposed to be different. It certainly happens for I Abby. <laughs> Yes, for sure. Um, and I'm, I'm really interested in that tipping point too, that, that part where you, you are a child and then something makes you grow up or see the world differently or there's some kind of shift in behaviour or, or worldview. So, um, yeah, I did enjoy writing. I mean, this book is in three different timelines, so it was complicated to write. We're looking at Abby when she's a young, single um, teenage mother and then we're looking at after Sarah disappeared, which is a very fraught time, and then we're looking at now, which is when she's faced with uh, with knowing what happened to her daughter and, and how far will she go. So we do see quite a shift in her, uh, in Abby's character development as from when she was a teenager to when she becomes a mother who's fighting to find out what happened to her child. So I found that fascinating. That gave me lots to write about. And because it's quite a character-driven novel, we get a lot of development through Abby and, and her, the, the surrounding characters, her family too. So, yeah, I think there is some – there's always a point when you're a young adult in particular where you think, oh, my goodness, I'm, I'm a grown-up now. And obviously you're not. You don't – that shift doesn't happen overnight. But there's some kind of 
pivotal moment that makes you feel like you have just you faced something that made you change direction. Mm. You talked before about um, sort of writing into crime and thriller conventions, and I've got plenty of questions about that. But I want to acknowledge, I want to acknowledge that at the heart of After You Were Gone are the relationships between mother and daughter. And while I want to get to the psychology, the suspense of the novel, I think it's best to frame the conversation with this idea. So how would you characterise, and I'm not going to ask you specifically about Abby and Sarah here, but even more generally, so speak to whatever you like, but how would you characterise the often fraught but fiercely loving and loyal relationships between mothers and daughters in After You Were Gone? Uh, Tricky to navigate this territory because we have Abby and her own mother, Martine, and then we have um, Abby as a mother herself with Sarah, who's six years old when she disappears. Um, and then, uh, you know, after that, she is she still a mother? Isn't she a mother? There's a lot of dynamics at play here. And some I've had some feedback on my characters in that they're unlikable. Um, and I think I tend to write complicated characters anyway. But in this book in particular, these are, we have characters making a lot of decisions that feel right for them but have reverberate through the family and, and change the way they interact with each other. So there's a lot of difficulty between Abby and her mother, Martine, because Martine mm. is quite a, a rigid, controlling mother. And if there's one thing you can't control or change, it's when your teenage daughter comes home and tells you that she's pregnant. Mm. There's a whole lot of stuff that's taken out of your control then, so that made for a fraught dynamic. And then, of course, when, in, when Abby becomes a mother herself, she's, a, she's only a teenager when she has a child. And then there's a tussle between Abby and her mother, Martine, about who's going to look after Sarah. Martine thinks Abby's not capable of it, uh, but she at the same time is trying to force her into becoming an independent and responsible adult. And then we have, we have Abby who's pushing back against her mother and saying, well, she's my child. And, um, and then we have the split where Abby takes off to the city and takes the baby with her. So, yeah, it's quite uh, – it was interesting to write them all and to have them the friction as they, you know, try to fight for their position. But there's also the flip side of that where they are actually a loving family mm-hmm. and there is support there when they're not trying to hurt each other and destroy each other. And in a, in a – it's interesting when you – one of the biggest things that caught me about this story was the idea of ambiguous loss. That was something that I looked at quite deeply. How do, What happens to a family when a child goes missing? You know, you hear about marriages breaking up, not, not being able to stand the pressure, um, families breaking down, but you also hear the other side of it where they're just – they pull together and something good must come out of all of this. So yeah, it was it was interesting, but the the ambiguous loss thing, it, it, I tend to play into my own fears, what I'm, what frightens me, and to lose a child would be the most awful thing to abduction. Um, but then on top of that, you have the not knowing, going through through that many years of not knowing what happened to the child. I guess the biggest question I had to ask myself when I was in Abby's perspective is how far would she go to find out what happened to Sarah? 
Well, I think you've just answered my next question for you. Um, it really, it, one thing that jumped out at me when, um, when After You Were Gone came out, I, um, I featured it for a segment uh, on our 2SER book club Tuesday mornings, just a sneaky plug there for people. Um, and I got, a, I got a comment on discussing the book that it was from a parent and that it was a child disappearing is just a parent's worst nightmare. Like somehow even broaching that topic in the book club had really like triggered this person. And I I was wondering what had drawn you to this scenario, but of course it's obvious, isn't it? It's because it is someone's worst. Like sometimes we do need to push into those dark spaces. And then after you were gone, you do this in such a compelling way. Thank you. Yeah, Abby was great to write. I mean, she can be unlikable and she does make questionable decisions throughout the whole book, but there's one thing that's unwavering and that's her love for her child, even though she gets wrong a lot of the time and she makes a lot of mistakes. And so I think I had to think how far would she go when she starts receiving calls, she is faced with the dilemma of do I do I submit to this coercion by someone I don't even know? Bearing in mind with um, missing child cases, there are a lot of crank calls and false leads and dead ends and people who call in um, with supposedly with with leads that just go nowhere. Like it was, it's an endless tunnel of frustration and grief. Um, so to hang, have that lifeline of that a monster throws you a lifeline and says, well, I know what happened to Sarah and I will tell you if you do as I tell you. And I wondered how far would I go and I think I would go the whole way like Abby did. If that makes me unlikable, then I can live with that, you know, because I feel like she did what she needed to do to get answers. Yeah, the unlikable thing is is so interesting to me because one thing we, we have when we read a book, when we enjoy a novel and get into it is a, a really privileged perspective in a way that we don't say with a, a friend or maybe not a friend that we find unlikable. We see the reasons why they're behaving this way. We have some insight and I don't I, I don't know that Abby ever became unlikable because I understood that. But I am really interested in in this this sort of threat. So Abby's Abby's gotten married and suddenly it's years later the the kidnapper or someone claiming to be the kidnapper has gotten in touch and they've challenged maybe threatened abby that if she ever wants to hear from sarah again she basically has to destroy her life um they want her to take steps to just ruin everything that she now has i don't want to get too much into that motivation or even reveal the why's here that's that's for people to read the book, but I was hoping you could talk to me about this theme of suffering and the way you explore that capacity for an individual, Abby, to suffer in the novel. Yeah, I, I, the interesting thing to me was that, I mean, I had, I, Abby needed to move on after Sarah's disappearance, you know, but, but what foundation is that like? When you, you're grasping for some kind of happiness, um, you can't have closure, so you can have but you can have this. You can have a man who loves you, um, his his beautiful stepchildren, a, a, a life, you know, that is fulfilling in every way, but it's, it's unstable ground because there is this chasm underneath mm. that is um, not knowing what happened to her child. So that was, it was, it was never meant to be a book about a child abduction. It was always meant to be about 
the dynamics of family and what happens to you when you build a new life on that kind of foundation. Um, past trauma, can you ever get past it? Is there always a moment where it's going to rear its head again? And that's what happened. That's where it picks up in this book immediately is when that chasm opens up underneath this foundation that she's built. And she accepts that she's happy, but there is there's obviously always going to be something about not knowing that you can't shake. So the offer, I found it interesting to explore whether Abby would would implode her life um, on the say-so of a stranger who may or may not be a crank um, and to see what would happen because and I didn't really know the answer until I, because I'm not a plotter, I don't go through knowing exactly what will happen. I sort of have a, a three jumps ahead and then, then I stop and look around and, okay, where are we now? Um, and that's that's where we led Abby's descent into, um, you know, raging parent and, um, and mother who will do anything to, to just to know that knowing is so important. You can't move on without knowing. You mentioned the dynamics of family there and we have talked about motherhood. I don't want to fly too close to the sun with this next question, but I'd note that men in the novel are often conspicuous by their absence. And the story begins with these twin milestones of Sarah's disappearance and then years later, Abby remarrying Murray. When the kidnapper re-emerges, one of their goals is to blow up her life, but to estrange her from Murray. What, what are we to make of these, I guess, competing themes of independence from that relationship and the strength that we might gain through relationships. And I'm not, I've sort of called out Murray here, but the way uh, that family unit might bring strength versus um, I guess the strength that comes from independence. Sure. There are no, there are no really good, good people, bad people in this book. Everyone is flawed in some way. And so Murray, as Abby's husband, is everything she needs uh, until there becomes a point where the thing that she needs, the thing that she really needs, which is to know, that rises to the top and then everything else just falls away. She's just one woman standing on her own, finally independent, maybe irresponsible, but fighting for something that she truly believes in and needs and wants for the first time in her life. So, yeah, aside from, I think the family units, she had, Abby has a lot of support, but there's something about her mother all these years saying, you need to stand up, you need to do this for yourself. You can't rely on other people, you know, just... She sound Martine sounds like a relentless mother in that respect, but in some ways this is Abby responding to that too. Like she, finally, this is something that I can. I'm going to handle this. I'm going to handle it by myself. And threats aside from the stranger who has said, "If you tell anyone, that's it. I will disappear, and you will never know." You know, she has this to grapple with. Uh, so yeah, family dynamics here were probably the driving force behind the book to begin with the plot kind of falls in around that and fills in the cracks. I love the way that we've also spoken into 
the space where there's just a big throbbing spoiler warning there. Um, I, I, I really <laughs> wanted to, I, like when I said, I really wanted to fly close to the sun there. And thank you so much for that answer, which is going to make so much sense for people who have read the book. And if you haven't, it should, it should encourage you. Um, so in this, within this independence, you've, you've talked about sort of whether Abby might be reckless sometimes or not. Um, Recently, I was watching a show, completely different narrative here, but it was a show that kind of hinged on the way that people made decisions. The Spence arose from their choices and the way they drove the plot forward. And I found myself quite often shouting at the screen going, no, or why would you do that? I feel like there will be some readers who um, who have that reaction to Abby's choices, who might say, just do it a different way. What would you say to these logical backseat drivers? How how do we and how did you get into the headspace of a desperate mind? Oh, it's, it was a case of asking questions all the time. I never knew where I was going with the book, but sometimes characters make decisions by themselves. One thing I truly believe is that if we make a choice to do something, it is, it is built upon all the choices you've made before. It's not just one choice at a particular time. It's the last domino in a row of dominoes and it's going to fall in the same direction the other dominoes have fallen. So it was very logical to me that Abby made these decisions. Sure, you could say, um, why wouldn't you just call the police? Mm. But we have a a long history of Abby being... um, this is why we get to know her through her teenage years and also, like, this is not just a spur-of-the-moment decision that she's taken to to blow up her life to find out what's happened to her daughter. This is the last domino. Mm-hmm. It, everything has been set up before it and it's all there. I have meticulously plotted it so that there are a lot of things to find along the way. So I think if you're reading it from the perspective that you're really getting into Abby's head the way I've set it up, you will understand why she arrives at the decision that she does. And the more that I wrote, I questioned her myself sometimes, like, what are you doing? Why why are you doing this? Wouldn't it be easier to do it this way? No, because if someone had this threat hanging over my head that I would never know what happened to my child, they would disappear, they would be gone um, and they would never tell me what had happened to them. I just, I arrived at the same place that Abby did Mm. and I was, yep, no, I will do anything to find out. Chills. The definitive response to whataboutism. Um, Yeah. I want to. I want to um, call in now. I, well, I, again, I want to re-emphasize that that those chills and that that inevitable sense, those dominoes you talked about, is just another reason to go out and check out after you were gone because. It is important to acknowledge all the places we can't go. This is a book that's it's lived in the world for a little while now, but there are still so many people to discover. We can't do spoilers. Maybe one day in a few years' time, Vicky and I will talk about all the stuff we can't talk about right now. But for Absolutely. now, there's it's, it's out there. You've got to discover it. I want to talk about the title, After You Were Gone. On its surface, I think the reader can see that you're highlighting Abby's pain, her struggle at dealing with the kidnapping, the loss of her daughter. I also read into that title a challenge or perhaps another struggle that every parent must face when seeing their child grow into the world, grow away from the community that's sheltered them and the family that's nurtured them. 
What would you like the novel to say about that journey, about that sort of movement into your own personal identity? Well, I have, again, this is a book about, it is a book about family, but it does focus on mothers, daughters and sisters. There's there's a triangle in this book and we haven't mentioned Jess, who is um, Mm. Abby's sister, but, you know, that the dynamic between mothers, daughters and sisters and young adults as they move away from their parents, I truly believe that, and I'm guilty of it myself, is there is a, a breakaway period where you actually try to hurt your parent as much as you possibly can. Like it's a deeply painful process. And if we're lucky, we have these staunch parents who just take the battering and wait for us to come back to them. And now I'm in that position myself. I have a 20-year-old and a 17-year-old and they have both been through foul and vile stages where they seem to be like they take pleasure in your pain. Big big fans of the show, are they? They'll be listening to this. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, they know I talk about them. It's okay. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so I I feel like... um, they do come back to you and you just have to, you just got to keep hanging onto the rope as much as they pull in the opposite direction. And I, yeah, I've seen it happen time and time again through relationships. So that was interesting to me too. Um, that, that coming together point is really interesting to me as well, where you, uh, you have, you don't always agree with your parent, but you understand them finally. Mm as a young person. And then on the flip side of that now, I'm having to forgive my children for the pulling away, which is painful. But I should be proud of the fact that they are independent and they are out there making mistakes by themselves. But, oh, my gosh, it's painful while it's happening. It sounds like you're almost describing a parallel process here of the the adolescent, the young adult kind of kidnapping themselves or kidnapping this younger version of themselves to move into adulthood and um you know very much they they are the they are both the um the kidnapper and the victim and they you know one day maybe in your 20s maybe older you return yourself and you reconcile um in a purely metaphorical way because we're not talking about the the ending of the book yeah, I was I'm keen to launch into some kind of metaphor now about, you know, leaving the cave and going out to kill your first saber-toothed tiger, you know. I just like there are, triumphant. I love that there are some listeners out there who probably think that I've spoiled the book and it's just be like, so Sarah kidnapped herself? I was like, no, <laughs> no, dear people, we were speaking in metaphors here. <laughs> yeah, no, no, just keep going in circles and eventually they'll forget that, you know, we've dropped any hints at all. Yeah. It's good. This is the most fun I've had not talking about the spoilers. Uh, <laughs> Vicky, this is like after you are gone is like it's it's all the cliches in the best possible way. It's unput downable. It's a page turner. It's thrilling till the last bite. I've absolutely loved it. I'm I'm speaking with Vicky Wakefield. Her new novel is after we after you are gone, and you must check it out, dear dear listener. Thank you so much, Vicky. Thank you so much, Andrew. 
Thank you so much, dear listener, for joining me. Thank you so much again to Vicky. Uh, That is it. This is it for this incredible conversation with Vicky Wakefield. Her new book is After You Are Gone. It's out now from Text Publishing. You can find the final draft podcast wherever you catch your podcast. It is recorded on the lands of the Darug and Gunungurra people. And uh, please subscribe wherever you're getting your podcast. It means you will get a new interview every week. You will get our bonus features. We love to share. Love to share the book love. The show is produced and presented by Andrew Popel. And you can keep in touch. You can drop us a line on Twitter. We're on Instagram. We're on Facebook. Getting better at actually being a social media um, person. But uh, yeah, you will find us at Final Draft 2 SER. As I said, my name's Andrew Popel. Love reading. Love sharing my reading with you. Love sharing the incredible authors I get to talk to with you. And I will be back doing that again very soon. Stay tuned and uh, happy reading. Bye for now.